Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Early Bird Podcast, where we go over the works of history's greatest authors, writers, and poets at the crack of dawn. Ready? Let's go! Okay, so today, widely requested, we're going to talk about Hamlet by Shakespeare. Now, at first, I thought Hamlet was a whiny brat, quick to temper, undisciplined, but upon further reading, I've realized that, well, he is, yes, but there's so much more to his character. He's like, he's on a journey to restore his family's honor. He's dealing with an immense pain and emotional weight that nobody else around him can understand. He's handling the topic of death and suicide head on. The willpower needed to do that, all of these things, is unreal. He could have quit at any time, but he didn't. And that's what I respect about him. And his bipolar personality is a result of these stresses. Like, I really understand where he's coming from. Now, guys, you know me. I like getting you on the same page as I am on the book. So I'm just going to give you a quick summary. So when we actually go over it, you know, you'll understand what I'm trying to say to you. Even though some of you may have read this book already, um, I guess we'll just give you a quick rundown. Now, literally, I kid you not, this is not a joke, this is real. And those of you who have read the book know this. The book literally drops you off here. The king of Denmark reappears as a ghost to inform his son that he has to avenge him by killing his uncle, who is married Hamlet's mother, and taking the throne as king. How do you even comprehend this? This is an insane place to drop you off in the book. Just to begin, this feels like there were like four books before this. If you thought that was a big bomb to drop on us, imagine how Hamlet felt. It sucks. That's, I feel betrayed. I feel betrayed reading that. He's, has no, his family, his only family, his mother married his uncle. And his uncle married her with no, virtually no time in between, killing his father. He killed his own brother to take the throne and marry his wife. That's grimy on both ends. If I was Hamlet, I would that would I would feel so betrayed. It sucks. If it were me, if I were Hamlet, I probably would have gone the same route that he did. Now, keep this in mind. This is a Shakespeare book. The main character is smart. You know what? Let me take that back. Not all Shakespeare characters are smart. But Hamlet, Hamlet's really smart. He's a genius. That's why he's a prince. Um, so his plan, basically, to get revenge on his uncle and kind of his mother, since they're a thing now, is he hires a playwright, and that playwright is to write a play resembling the way that Claudius killed the king, or the past king, Hamlet's father. That's smart, because Hamlet, his plan basically is to see the king's, or the new king, Claudius, his uncle's reaction to the play when the person who is supposed to be Claudius kills the person that is supposed to be his father. And if he shows immense guilt, that means he did it. Which, you know, plays out pretty well. I like that. Now, the logical next step after figuring out that your uncle killed your father would probably be to confront him, right? Now, mind you, this is a Shakespeare novel, so not everything goes to plan. Actually, the majority of things don't go to plan. Um, just putting that out there before I tell you where this book goes next. So Hamlet goes to confront his uncle in his chamber where his mother is, 
Now, he says some pretty rude, crazy, debatably incestuous things to his mother, but this is 1600 royal family. It doesn't matter. He says these things, and then he goes into a rage and sees a pair of shoes behind a curtain. And obviously, naturally, the normal person would assume that the only person in the chamber with his mother would be his uncle, her husband. Wrong. It's Hamlet's girlfriend's dad. He stabs his girlfriend's father, and then the rest of the novel goes down the drain. He ends up killing himself. Well, not killing himself. He ends up killing his girlfriend's dad's son or his girlfriend's brother, which is just a terrible relationship. Oh, yeah, his girlfriend kills herself. Uh, He kills Claudius successfully, double poison. Um, At the end of the novel, basically everyone except for Horatio, Hamlet's best friend, dies because that's how Shakespeare novels work. Am I right? Now here is the coup de grace of the entire book. I believe this is the most important thing that Shakespeare wanted us to learn. At the beginning of the book, a character is introduced. His name is Fortinbras. He's the king of Norway. The entire book takes place in Denmark, in the castle. Now, Fortinbras is rumored to want to come to Denmark and take over Denmark because he is on a journey to conquer different kingdoms. But throughout the entire book, no one really takes into account that he would be coming. Nobody prepares for his arrival because everyone is too self-absorbed, including Hamlet, in the internal affairs of the royal family. That is important. That is very important for reasons that I will explain to you in the next section. So to understand the Fortinbras plot, we really have to go back and delve into Shakespeare's character past Hamlet. What was the artist's mindset in making this play? So yes, of course we know that Shakespeare was the most recognized playwright of all time, not even just in his time. He's known for his dramatic plays and poems. He's the king of sonnets, and he was an actor. Uh, He designed and built the Globe Theater that most of his plays are performed in, but we have to understand about the historical significance of different characters and their roles in the play. During the time, Shakespeare had to go through the bubonic plague. The royal family was a mess. Catholics attempted to blow up the king and parliament. Uh, Queen Elizabeth died when she was aging and people didn't know who was going to take the throne. Mary, the queen of the Scots, had been executed 20 years before all that. The Spanish Armada was destroyed. Uh, The Golden Act was implemented. So many things happened. Uh, Not to geek out, but It was just a very, very tough time for everyone, including the royal family. People didn't, people looked at the royal family and they saw weakness at a time. And you never want your royal family to be weak because they represent you as a country. So now that you have that background, put yourself in Shakespeare's shoes. How are you as an artist able to let your community know warn them, warn your royal family, because the royal family was a frequent 
um, not flyer, just they frequently attended his plays. And most of the public saw Shakespeare as a voice. People listened to him. How would you use your platform to alert the public to the dangers of where you would be heading as a society? This is a timeless lesson that we can take from this text that a house divided among itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln said it best. Hamlet's house could not stand, so they were invaded by Fortinbras after the entire royal family killed themselves. And same thing in 1603, Queen Elizabeth dies, and James VI of Scotland comes in and takes over England, just as Shakespeare predicted, because the house could not stand among itself. To be or not to be, that is the question. This scene, no, this soliloquy was so impactful. It is basically the backbone, in my opinion, of Shakespeare's literature. Whenever you think Shakespeare, you think of this scene. Am I right or am I wrong? To be or not to be is to live or not to live, to exist or not to exist. Hamlet contemplates this idea of dying consistently throughout the play. The real question is, why doesn't he kill himself? And well, my opinion on that is that he wants to complete his mission. There are several things stopping him from, there are several things tempting him to kill himself throughout the entire text from the loss of his father, the betrayal of his mother. He doesn't want to be here anymore, but the promise that he's made to his father to avenge his death keeps him going time and time again. Whenever he contemplates death, where he says, I don't want to do this anymore. I think there's also a fear of death in that. He doesn't want to die yet, not only because he has to fulfill his promise to his father, but also because he's afraid of death. And I think we can see that in his conversation with the skull of his old friend. Even more impactful, in my opinion, than the to be or not to be soliloquy was Hamlet's conversation with York's skull. Now, York was the court jester uh, to Hamlet's father, the king, and him as the prince when he was younger. And he recalls many happy, fond, lively memories with him. But upon looking at this skull, he can't find that anymore. The skull is devoid of all life. It's a skull. And Hamlet calls to this very important fact that the skull has no life. All of the fondness and joyfulness of Yorick is no longer in that skull. It looks like any other dried old piece of bone. There's no Yorick left in the skull. Hamlet even goes to say that Alexander the Great and all of his achievements resulted in this. Yorick's skull and Alexander's skull look exactly the same. No matter who you are, you're always going to end up just like this. And this is the most tempting thing for Hamlet in terms of his conscience and his relationship with death. Hamlet knows that when he dies, no matter what he does to avenge his father, in 500 years, none of it will matter. Because at the end of the day, him and everyone in the court 
everyone in that city, everyone in the world will end up exactly like that skull. One of the things that I love most about Hamlet is that it can be applied to so many current or past events. Um, Civil War, a house divided among itself cannot stand. Perfect example of a lesson that Hamlet can teach you. A house divided among itself cannot stand. This idea of unity against a common enemy or unity together, standing together, standing strong, is even more important today. The Capitol insurrection was a travesty. People got hurt. Some people died. But it shows that when we're divided, when we cannot stand together as a house, as a country, historically speaking, and through Hamlet, we can see that when we are divided, we cannot stand together. And when we cannot stand together, we lose every single time. Hamlet is an experience that I recommend everyone read. This book is fantastic. It's relevant throughout every age you read it. It is truly a work of art. And through reading it, not just once, but multiple times, you get a better understanding of who Shakespeare was as a person, what his motives were, why he wrote it, just as a cry for help to a country that was drowning. I absolutely love it. I could not express that anymore. Five out of five Mark Ruffalo's. I love it. Beautiful. Amazing. Great book. Before we close out, you guys know the Yeti Out Early Bird. Love to have a quick shout out for our uh, big fans out there. So, um, we actually had a donation of $500. It's supposed to come in next week um, from a, a very, very, very nice, awesome fan, one of you guys. Her name is Samantha Abel. She said she was going to donate $500. Uh, we just want to say thank you, Sam. Thank you. And, uh, we're, we'll see you. We'll see you next time out on the air. Later, guys.